Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. John, thank you for your patience and standing by. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. Did you have a deliverance? Well, we had a brother who died and went to heaven. And I don't get to talk to too many people who died and came back. So I had a couple questions <laughs> about what he saw. Oh, I, and, I um, see. And then, of course, we had an altar call and a communion uh, to close as we do uh, that program. So thank you for giving me a little extra time. Praise God. Um, and it, it was a great testimony. So, folks, we've got some great things uh, waiting for us. That's why we want to make it to the finish line. But, uh, who was the guy? Uh, Dean Allen Braxton. And he had went in for a procedure uh, to remove a uh, kidney stone. Should have been an in-and-out thing. And they gave him some antibiotics, not knowing that he was allergic to them. And it, uh, it gave him a heart attack, and he died. And uh, he was dead about an hour which uh, to come back from that, you know, should be should not be possible, but it's documented. He actually did. And uh, I've known Dean for a number of years. But um, I had an opportunity to ask him a couple questions tonight, and uh, 
I praise the Lord for that. You know, I don't know if I've mentioned to you, but uh, many years ago, my grandmother died and went to heaven. And um, this was after the death of her son, and she just didn't want to live anymore. Laid down, spirit left her body, went to heaven, and um, she had a little bit of time up there and, and told me some of the story. And, uh, of course, there's others that have had that experience too. But um, praise the Lord. Heaven is real, and so is hell. And we know some people went that direction too, and you don't want to go down there for sure. Well, praise God. Thank you, Brother John, and you've got all the time you want. And uh, would you like to open us in prayer? Yes. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you right now, Lord, for today another Omega Man radio program. And Father God, I just thank you right now for your anointing, for your Holy Spirit to be upon me and upon everyone that is listening now or later. And that Father God, your kingdom shall be enlarged, and that people shall have victory because of what I'm sharing with them. And I thank you for that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And as you're getting started, Brother John, maybe to encourage you, the show we did last week, I wanted to tell you something. I looked at the response in terms of how many people were tuning in, and uh, it's a number one podcast. Um, Last week, uh, we had a lot of people uh, tune into that program, Israel and war. So I just want to tell you, and that encouraged me too. There's people out there listening, and they want to know. So with that, uh, my brother, we're uh, excited to be with you. The mic is yours. Take it away. All right. Uh, <clears throat> I am not going to speak uh, today anymore on uh, on Israel. Uh, right now, we, we have wall-to-wall covering here in the United States. Uh, we have had that for about two weeks, and um, what I have done is uh, I have been working on an article and uh, it's about going to be about 20, 25 pages and so we're going to release that hopefully next week uh, I've got about maybe an hour left to go working on that so if you really want to know um, I just call it the attack on Israel but I give you a total breakdown and why the attack took place how it took place and the uh, breakdown in the intelligence operations which actually was not a breakdown but it was a totally different situation so I think that that is a story that you need to know to understand what's happening when you hear the news on the TV radio whatever you get your news from so if, you, if you're interested in that, uh, you can just write to us, go to our website, eac.org, and you simply say, I'd like to have the new article on Israel, and as soon as that's edited and we got it formatted, uh, I will email you a copy of it. It will cost you nothing, so it will cost you effort to go to our website and put your name in. What I'm going to talk to today about is, is the, the title of my subject here today is Spiritual Stupidity. Spiritual Stupidity. And I want to start by talking about the story here. Uh, it was just kind of wrapped up 
in the United States with a sentence of the murder of uh, Natalie Holloway. And uh, to those of you that don't know the story, uh, Natalie Holloway was from uh, Alabama. Uh, she was born in 1986. She graduated in 2005 from high school. And she decided with some of her friends to uh, travel, actually to fly down to the uh, nation of Aruba, which is a nation island just a little bit north of Venezuela in the Caribbean. Um, nice island, beautiful beaches, and it's a tourist attraction. So she decided to go there. And... Um, she was murdered. So what happened is her parents, I actually will say this, her parents had spiritual stupidity. How do you take a 18-year-old girl, uh, she's just fresh out of high school, and allow her to fly down with some of her girlfriends to an island and knowing that they are going to go to the bars, they're going to drink, they're going to dance, and they're going to meet men, and they are going to fornicate. So they blame for this girl's death are laid at the feet of her father and mother. They simply did not say, say uh, absolutely not. We are not going to pay for this. I'm sure they paid for it. Uh, we're not going to send you to an island in the, in the Caribbean and let you have, go around there in the bars, drink, meet people, and that is inappropriately. It is not good. It's stupidity, but they did. So she met this guy from Holland, and uh, he was a fairly, I would say probably more than six feet tall, maybe six and a half feet tall. And so um, she met him in a bar, and they were drinking, they were dancing, and uh, then afterward they decided to go down to the beach, and uh, they simply started to, uh, what I would say, a foreplay, to have a intercourse, and of course the guy was drunk, not that drunk, but he, he was intoxicated, and uh, he got excited, and uh, so she turned him on, so he, so he wanted to have sex, and then she said, no, I'm, I'm, I don't want to do that, so he tried to force her, uh, she simply used the leg and kneed him on his uh, testicles, and uh, that made him very angry. So he simply uh, deliberately killed her and then threw her into the ocean. And that's all she wrote, 18 years, fresh out of high school, and she lived probably about three weeks after her graduation, and uh, I don't think she was saved. And she died and went to hell. 
I got a couple of scriptures here that I want to share with you because I'm talking about guidance. And this is a nightmare guidance uh, with uh, Natalie Holloway. And I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 15. Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know you not that he which is joined in harlot is one body? For two says he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without the body. But he that commits fornication sins against his own body. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought by the price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, Paul here talks about flee fornication. How common is fornication? Um, I would say for the last 30, 40 years, I believe that probably most married couples fornicated before they were married. I don't think there are too many um, virgins, boys or girls, anymore in the United States, matter of fact, in most of the world. And um, so, know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of our Lord? God forbid. It is very common, and uh, there's no name on this particular story, but uh, there was a, a man that simply decided that he wanted to get married. So he found a, a prospect, if I can use that name, and, uh, of course, they did not wait until they had been married. Uh, they hopped in bed immediately and uh, fornicated vigorously for some time, married. And then later, the marriage blew up, divorce, and... Uh, then the man decided, um, I uh, want to get married again. So he found another prospect, same operation, got her in bed, or she got him in bed. Sometimes women are more aggressive than men. And uh, after fornicating for a while, they decided to get married. And uh, after they'd been married for some years, uh, it was a divorce, and um, he walked off. Now, 
That's called spiritual stability. I'm not sitting on a high horse and trying to tell you, you know, what we should do and not do. Because in my personal life, I came from a, a decent family, my uh, mom and dad. Actually, my dad was a Christian, my mom was not. And she was only about 17 years old uh, when she met my dad, who was at that time about 24 years old. And uh, he got her in bed, and uh, she got pregnant with me. And uh, so she was just about barely 19 years old when she gave birth to me, and I became a bastard. So I figured that out later because I uh, looked upon the time when they got married. I knew their wedding day, and I know when I was born, so I did the math, and I realized that, you know, I was conceived before they were married. They got married because she got pregnant. Well, that, that... Now, going back in my bloodline here, um, so my mother's father came from a very strong Christian home, and time-wise now we're looking about 1900, and um, he decided to move to away from his parents to another town, and... Uh, so he met my grandmother, and uh, she was 18, 19 years old. And uh, so this is 1900, which was very unusual at that time that people shacked up. But uh, he decided, uh, this is my grandfather on my mom's side, he decided to shack up with this woman, my grandmother. And she stopped popping children. So she had uh, four children without being married. And then after four children, he decided, I don't know why he decided that, but he decided to get married. So they got married. And then my grandmother had another baby girl, which was my mother. And uh, when my mother was three years old, my grandfather, who was also drinking alcohol, and he got a tumor in his head. <coughs> so he decided that he was not going to uh, uh, suffer. So he, he was a shoemaker, so he had a shop. And um, so he went down to work one day and hung himself. So they found him. He didn't come home. They went down and found him. He was dead. So he committed suicide. So it it grows in 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 actually it travels. Hang on a second. Take your time, folks. We're live with uh, Pastor John Trill. If you're just joining us, welcome aboard. Okay, I'm back again. So I forgot to turn off the phone. So anyway, they. 
the curse is a bastard curse here also. And um, these demons, they, they simply like to stay in the bloodline. So they uh, continued from my grandparents to my mother. Matter of fact, I had some aunts and uncles, and uh, they were promiscuous. Um, so that that whole family was. And now I came along, and uh, I was a teenager in uh, about 58, 50, 50, 57, 58. And uh, so my dad had pornography, um, and this is uh, not the pornography you have today. Uh, it would be like you have a catalog from Sears and Roebuck or uh, Macy's. Um, but we found our material, my brother and I, and so we got that. So we got hooked on pornography when I was about maybe 16 years old. And, of course, I continued the family tradition. So um, I had some women and uh, had sex with them before we married. And uh, it didn't work out, so there was simply... Um, I scattered myself, my soul, to different places. And then I met my future wife, and uh, tradition, we uh, had sex before we got married. Matter of fact, I shacked up with her, and we lived together for about uh, a year and a half before we married. And the reason I'm sharing that is, so I'm, I'm not sitting here and saying I am such a clean guy and I have never done anything bad. I mean, I come from a pretty rotten background. Plus, we had a lot of al alcoholism in, in our bloodline also. But I'm praising God that he uh, loved me enough that he corralled me. And uh, I came back to Christ in uh, 1965, and uh, I've been with him since that time. I got called into the ministry in 1967, and I've actually been in the ministry since 1969 when I entered seminary. But what I'm trying to share with you here is this. There's a tremendous power that evil spirits has. And every generation, I, I was talking to you about another program, talking about fish, that fish doesn't seem to learn what a hook is. They see a hook and a line, and they can't figure it out. That means dinner in a frying pan, and the fish is a dinner in a frying pan. They haven't figured that out. So this woman now, Natalie Holloway, she paid for it with her life. She was just a teenager. And she never had a chance to live her life. And she got snuffed out. And I don't think she was saved because it was a sound of a family. And so that's tragedy to be born have a nice home. She had nice parents. They, they were not poor people. They were probably uh, upper middle class. And uh, 18 years. And that's it. 
and for eternity now, she is destined for the lake of fire. She's spending time in hell right now, where it is very unpleasant, knowing that someday she's going to be resurrected at the great white throne judgment, and uh, there she's going to be sentenced to the lake of fire that will continue for eternity. If we could talk to Natalie today and simply say, what were you thinking? And what do you think now? I'm sure she probably attended Sunday school as a child. Being from Alabama, uh, people that go to church more than in any other places. And so she might have gone to Sunday school. She might have had someone talk to her about Jesus and so on. And she, she right now, she just have a soul body. She lost her physical body. She would say, I was beautiful. God had given me a perfect body as a woman. I was beautiful. And I'm not beautiful anymore. I wasted my life. I had 18 years on earth to find Christ and to walk with him. And I found the devil, and I lived for him. And now, as a result, I'm going to have to spend eternity in a lake of fire. I'm heartbroken. I'm horrified. I'm going insane thinking about it. But I can't get out of hell. I'm dead. It's over for me. There is no way to return back to earth. I want you to really understand this. This seriously. Of living in sin and simply being led by the devil. I want to read another scripture to you right now. This is from 2 Corinthians. And this is uh, from um, chapter 6. And I'm going to start in verse number 14. Uh, 16 here, okay. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? Let me read that slow again and you listen. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion have light with darkness? 
And what concord or what kind of agreement has Christ with Belial or Satan? Is Satan and Christ somehow connected? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? Infidel means an unbeliever. And what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall see my and they shall be my people. And then the apostle Paul says this Wherefore come out from among them and be you separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. First of all, if Natalie Hollywood would have read these verses, she would have never gone to Aruba to begin with. And she would have been probably alive today. She would have never got into a bar. Let me just say this to you. There is no excuse for people going to bars or taverns, whatever they want to call them. You go there to drink alcohol. You do know this, that alcohol lowers your ability to think. It simply takes away your inhibition to do some bad stuff and it destroys your morality and the more intoxicated you get the more stupid you get the louder you get the more obnoxious you get and you are meeting other people just like you stupid obnoxious and bent on hell. And so why in the world even go there? Why entertain that? Wherefore, come out from among them, be you separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And then in chapter 7, verse 1, he says this. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of of God. How do we convey this to young people? Well, I'm a third generation of debauchery in my family, on my mother's side. Now, on my dad's side, his mother was born again, very godly woman. Her mom and dad 
were born again. Matter of fact, my great-grandfather was saved in Chicago back in the last century, actually in the 19th century, after listening to D.L. Moody. And he got saved, went back to Sweden, married, had a family, served God, and he was a firebrand. So I have a godly heritage on one side. So that side, I got a mix, a godly side and an ungodly side. And the ungodly side won temporarily over me. But praise God, I got saved. Now, my brother fought on me. He's five years younger than me. He did exactly the same thing as I did. And furthermore, he, just like I was drinking alcohol, he got into alcohol. And after I came back to Christ, and I had been walking with Christ for about eight years, I went back to Sweden because that's where we're from. And uh, I was able to lead my brother to Christ, pray with him where he got saved. And later we were able to, he had done the same thing. He he was shacking up with his wife, actually with a woman. Uh, He had married her by the time I came back over there in 1971. And uh, she got saved. And God told me very specifically in 1971, he said, you can't leave your brother in Sweden. He will not be able to to stand. He will succumb. He will not have no support. These were the days when it was very easy to legally immigrate to the United States because from European countries, White European countries, it was very easy to immigrate, so uh, he got a visa within three months, and I literally brought him over here and settled him here in California. And from that day on, he and I have worked together. So... He got saved. He was baptized in the water in Sweden. And uh, he and his wife have three children. Uh, they were born within marriage. And uh, so he's part of the ministry of EAC. Matter of fact, he is the production manager. Uh, he's the one that produces all the material, uh the books we make and so on. He's the one that made some out. And uh, he's running the mechanical part of the ministry. So he and I have been together now since 1971. Have we had arguments? Yeah, we have arguments. But there is a love between us. And there is a commitment between us. 
And when we were teenagers, before we were married, um, he and I were talking about things because we uh, had seen a lot of fights and so on uh, in, in my parents' marriage. And he and I made a pact. I was probably about 15 and he was about 10. And we said this, when we get married, we will never allow our wives to separate us. We will simply tell them to shut up and sit down. And there were some times, both of us got married, that it was a little bit heated from the wife's situation. And we both laid down a law for them and simply said, you know, uh, this is the way it is. Uh, we're not going to have any problems, and uh, we're not going to tolerate this. Uh, his wife is now in heaven. My wife is in heaven. Uh, but for 50, 60 years, we um, we lived like that. We were together. And my brother and I now are still together, working together, and uh, living on the same property. So we see each other every day several times. So, I'm telling you this, that even if you have a disaster, God can redeem you, and God can have you start over, and God can make something great of you, even if you have made a total mess. So, how do we translate this now into the world? I want to read a scripture to you here. Um, And this is from Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 36. Jesus said this, Think not that I'm come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foe shall be they of his own household. I don't know if you have really read that scripture, if you read it, if you understood it, but something will happen when a person gets saved, people around them will suddenly be offended. And non-Christians do not really like us born-again believers. Let's be honest. And so, when I came back to Christ... There, there, there was a sparks in my family. Matter of fact, when I wrote, I wrote to my parents, I, I lived in, in Salt Lake City at this time, and I wrote to my parents, I was in Sweden, and told them that I have been saved, born again. And I got a letter back from my mother, simply said, that's fine, just be normal. Well, what is normal? For a Christian in Sweden. Well, you swear a little bit, you drink a little bit, you smoke a little bit, you go to church, you're normal. 
as you said, being normal. Well, I was a radical Christian. I went all the way out. No more alcohol. No more smoking. No more stuff and less than that. And so I started living a life where I walked with Christ. Did I become sinless? No. I lost my temper. There were times I lied in the meantime, but, you know, it just slipped out of me. Um, so did I argue with my wife? Yes, we had some arguments from time to time, but we didn't kill each other. And so I began to change. So now, after I got called to preach and uh, I was going to go to seminary, I wrote to my parents again and said that I am quitting my job as an engineer. And they had paid for my college education. So that, that, that's, that uh, financed that with some other people. And this time I got a letter back from my mother. And she said, don't ever bother coming home again. As a one-liner. She was furious. There was a sword. Here's what I want you to really understand now. I could, the, the, the enemy said to me, the devil said, you know, maybe you should reconsider, you know, and uh, not go into the ministry because you don't want to lose your parents. And I simply thought, prayed, and I said, I love Jesus. Jesus called me into the ministry. I'm going. If my mama... I did pay the price. Did God work things out? He sure did. A number of years later, my dad recommitted his life to Christ. He was born again before. My mother got saved. And they became my biggest supporters. Matter of fact, in 1984, my brother and I brought them over here. They retired in Sweden. We brought them over here. And they worked in a ministry. My dad worked at a print shop. And my mother was a secretary and, and uh, did a lot of stuff in the office. And they went to church every Sunday. I baptized them in water over here. And so instead of losing them, I gained them. And not only did I gain them, but my mother is now in heaven. She's born again because I was stubborn and said, no, mom, I'm going to follow Jesus, not you. And I'm sure she's he's dancing around heaven and saying, I'm so happy that I got a stubborn son that simply would not give in. So what I'm trying to tell you here is simple this. Jesus said, I did not come to send peace on earth. I came to set a sword. So I want you to 
think about it today, what we're talking about. If you are not married, you're a younger person, take biblical advice and notice. Do you simply say, no, I am not going to have sex with women before I get married. I'm going to ask God to give me a woman. And we will do a courtship, which simply means that we will try to get together, try to learn each other, go to church, have marriage counseling. And then after we're married, now we can enjoy having sex without feeling any guilt and have the Holy Spirit bless you when you come together with your wife or husband. After my, we, we, I got saved and, and uh, my wife got uh, saved, and I came back to Christ, she got saved and so on, uh, many times we would pray before we had, we came together to have sexual intercourse. We would pray first. And... A lot of people say, well, you know, it's not dirt, sex dirty. No, it's not dirty. God instituted it. If you do it right, it's beautiful. It's it's a bonding between a man and a woman. And you pray, and you have Jesus with you, just like you pray for your food. Have Jesus with you wherever you go, whatever you do. And you will find out life is going to be absolutely marvelous. Now, you may listen to me today and you say, well, I blew it. I didn't do it right. Can I start over? Yes. What you need to do is just simply say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for what I've done. I can't undo it. But I can be forgiven. Release me of my sin. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Make me whiter than snow. Help me to start over again. And take what's left of my life. And make something beautiful out of it. And Jesus will. If you're not born again, this is the perfect time for you to say, God, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. I believe that Jesus died for me. He's the son of God. He rose from the dead. He paid my sins. Jesus, come into my life right now and save me. Save me. And if you pray that prayer, he will save you. And you will be born again. If you do that today, or whenever you hear this program, this will go on for some time. Why don't you contact us? I'd like to pray with you. Go to our website, eac.org. And simply say, I came back to Christ today. I got saved today. 
And I will rejoice with you. We got some material we can send to you, help you out. And uh, we can help you out in your new walk with Christ. So, my prayer is that I've I've raised at least one man or one woman today that said, my life is going to change. That be worth this program. Now, if you want to know more about our ministry, go to our website, eaec.org. And um, we have a weekly webcast. We start every Sunday morning at um, 8.30. We praise and worship. 9 o'clock, we have prayer time. And 9.30 or so, I start preaching. We webcast this from our website. And so you can simply go there, log in Sunday morning, and you can be live with us as we as we have our our service. If you're in a different time zone, you can't it doesn't fit your time zone and so on, or if you're busy doing something else, you can go anytime during the week and hear our webcast. So from last Sunday, I did a per, I did a message, and you can find that today by going to eac.org. Look at the webcast, click on that, go to live webcast, click on that, and there is the program. And you can listen to it anytime from Sunday morning to Saturday night. And then the next Sunday we wipe it out and we put another program on. However, if you go to our website or if you go to YouTube or Vimeo, I have about 650 uh, preaching videos up there and uh, you can just go back to 2009 is what we started webcasting and you can have videos and if you want to go back further just audio we have that too that's on our website so before I go here today I want to talk to you about money you know a lot of people says, but preachers always ask for money. They want money. They want this and that. Uh, let me tell you this. It costs money to give out the gospel. I'm full-time, which means I don't have a secular job. And I'm doing I live by the gospel. Shannon Davis is full-time. He doesn't have another job on the side. And so he is producing these programs. And to do that, he is simply, God called him to do it. God will finance it. But God does not send money from heaven. He sends money from his people. He blesses his people so they can give. So if you are a Omega Man Radio listener, you like the programming here that he has, different speakers, then go to his website right now. Find his donation page. He has four or five different buttons you can hit. Uh, you cannot say, well, I don't have that, but he, he had covered it all. Hit that donation button for Shannon Davis. Put in a good offering and say, Shannon, thanks a million for bringing us these types of programming. Because he has a wife. He has three children. 
and they all ate, he has to pay rent. He has to pay gas. He needs clothing. Where is he getting it from? From money that God's people give him. So, go to his site right now and give him a blessing. Back to you, Shannon. Thank you, my friend, for coming on tonight and for those kind words. I appreciate you, my friend. And what would you like to title this archive, this program for the archive tonight? Spiritual stupidity. Okay. Brother John, also, um, did we mention your Sunday broadcast? Yes, I did. Okay. Just want to double check. Folks, I uh, encourage you to go to eaec.org. You can find out more there. And, Brother uh, John, do you still have any copies of uh, foundational, excuse me, uh, Christian Dynamics, excuse me? Yes, we do. We got an ample supply, and they they fly out a little bit here and there and join us. So, uh, Christian Dynamics, which is a deliverance manual, about uh, 300 pages, is available for you. A lot of people have used that to be delivered. We are using that in our deliverances. So it's called Christian Dynamics, course number one. You can go to our website, and uh, you click on it, and then you, you can actually see the content uh, to see the different chapters, what we're dealing with in the books. So you, so you know what you buy before you buy the book. Brother John has a great website, one of the best designs I've ever seen. And uh, I encourage you to go check it out, explore it, and he's got some great resources for you, eaec.org. Brother John, thank you for waiting on us tonight. We love you, and we'll see you next time, my brother. Love you, too. God bless. God bless. Folks, are you enjoying today's broadcast? Um, I hope you also had an opportunity to tune in and call in to the Soulmate Prophetic Hotline that we had last night. Yes. Uh, Excuse me, two nights ago. Uh, we had Gregory Ellis last night. Man, this week is flying. Phew. Uh, well, we're going to do one more program here in just a minute. Crank up, speak my word before we close. And then um, Friday, Friday we're going to be on. Wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. What is the date? The 20th. Okay, I scrolled down too far. Okay, Friday. We're going to have uh, Dr. Jonathan Hansen at 10. Brother Joey Ferrara is resting, so he's not going to be with us this week. Continue to lift him up in prayer, so we'll fill that slot. Uh, Sheila Zelensky will be on tomorrow at 12 noon. And then we're going to do the Demon Hotline with Brother Victor Mravlag tomorrow night, Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's every Friday night. Okay, fantastic. Well, let's take a break. I'm going to save this. If you'd like to join us for the next show, we'll be back in about five minutes. Here we go.